Welcome back to the For the Ladies podcast. This is episode 32, and we have Maddie Meyer, who is a staff photographer for Getty Images, as our next Ladies of Golf interview. But before we get into it, this week was the Genesis Invitational on the PGA Tour. It was played at Riviera in LA, which is loved by many for its classic golf course architecture. The third round was delayed due to insane wind. Yes, you heard that right. So they finished the third and final round on Sunday. So who won? Well, coming into the final round, I would have said Sam Burns, but Sam dropped three shots on his back nine, while Max Homa and Tony Finau took advantage with strong final rounds. Max and Tony finished tied through 72 holes, putting them in a sudden death playoff of two of the most liked players on tour. (laughs) Max gave us a little drama on the first playoff hole with his drive landing next to a tree. Tony made bogey on the second playoff hole, while Max two-putted for par, giving him the win. This is Max's second PGA Tour title, winning it near his hometown in the City of Champions. What an inspirational story. Um, I would strongly suggest you follow Max on Twitter. He's incredibly genuine, funny, overall someone to root for. He has his own podcast with Shane Bacon. Just makes it easy to like him. But you guys, the LPGA is back this week. The women will be competing in the Gainbridge LPGA at Lake Nona Golf and Country Club in Orlando. This is only the second year of this tournament, in which Madeline Sagstrom won in 2020. This year, there are plenty of storylines, but we'll quickly mention two. First, we have the GOAT, Annika Sorenstam, returning after 13 years away from competition. Her resume includes 72 victories, including 10 major championships, three of those being U.S. Women's Open titles. If that's not enough for you to tune in, I don't know what is. On the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Gabby Ruffles, who will make her professional debut at the Gainbridge. Gabby was the fifth-ranked amateur in the world before turning pro, and she'll finish her degree from USC online. She has an interesting story, which starts with playing competitive tennis until she turned 15 when she picked up golf. Her career has been highlighted by a 2019 U.S. Women's Amateur title, 2020 runner-up finish at the U.S. Women's Am, and two top 15 finishes at LPGA majors in 2020. So she's got a good taste of what it takes to be on tour. What a fun week we have ahead with a Hall of Fame golfer making her return while one of the most anticipated young guns makes her debut. I already see the headlines. All right, now to our interview with uh, for Ladies of Golf. Maddie Meyer is a staff photographer for Getty Images. Her assignments include covering New England professional sports teams that you've probably heard of, such as the Patriots, Red Sox, Bruins, and Celtics. She's photographed the Olympic Games, the Men's and Women's World Cups, and PGA Tour and LPGA tournaments. Maddie's not a golfer, but it's not like she's a football player either. So we talk about how she immerses herself into the sport that she covers. Maddie shares how she got into sports photography, and we asked her to share the awesome moment in which she captured of Jordan Spieth in 2017 at the Travelers Championship. I'm sure I'm sure you've seen the photo or at least the video. I hope you guys all enjoy. Where are you based? I'm based in I'm based in Boston. Okay. Okay. And while we will have to bring a for the ladies clinic there and then you can get your start. Honestly, if you have one, I would definitely go. Okay. Perfect. Then that's where we'll start. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you for coming on the way we always start the ladies of golf podcast is with a quick nine. So they're just quick, Mm -hmm. easy questions. What, um, to begin, what's your favorite social media channel? Ooh, 
Instagram, if I have to give a quick answer, but I just started going on TikTok and I haven't made my own TikTok, but it, I've definitely been wasting a lot of, not wasting, using some time there, uh, scrolling, but I love it. I love it. The last book you read. Ooh, um, I read The Magpie Murders. It's an Anthony Horowitz book. I've been totally diving into fiction to kind of check out a little bit. I'm a, I'm a news junkie for sure. I'm on all the news sites all day long. So before I go to bed, I've been uh, reading some fiction. Nice. The last podcast you listened to? Ooh, probably The Daily from The New York Times. Same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the last show you binge watched? I've been watching a lot of 90 Day Fiance at night. Um, while Amazing. I do, this is work related, but I, when, I, when I do my second edits after basketball or hockey games, when I get home at night, I'll crank through those and have 90 Day Fiance on as my kind of soundtrack. I, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your favorite sport to shoot? Soccer, for sure. And, but your favorite sport to watch, to enjoy? Probably still soccer since it's what I grew up playing and I understand it the best. Um, but I also, of course, moved up here during, you know, a big high point in Tom Brady's career in New England. So uh, I became a Patriots fan and really enjoy watching them too. Nice. Um, I, I did ask you this before you came on, yeah. but have you ever played golf before? I have not. Would love to start. Perfect. An event that you would like to cover, but you haven't yet. Uh, I think the Masters actually, you know, since we're talking about golf, you know, I've covered, I'm sure we'll get to it. I've covered many golf events, but the Masters to me is just such an iconic event in the sport that I'd love to get the chance to see and cover in person. Amazing. And the proudest moment of your career so far? Ooh, um, you know, I, I grew up reading Sports Illustrated, or I, I shouldn't say reading. I just looked at the pictures since I was a kid. And I covered the Women's World Cup in 2015, uh, which was a dream assignment. And when I got back, I had two, two double trucks in Sports Illustrated, which to me was just like um, a really nice kind of ring of validation and full circle moment uh, that I'm still really proud of. Amazing. Well, were you always interested in photography? We'll start there. Sure. Yeah, I actually... Um, so I grew up playing soccer and I always loved sports. I love team environments. I love competitive environments. I was always really active. And I really feel like the stars aligned for me in kind of a cosmic way. There was um, a guy who would, one of my friend's dads would always take pictures of us. And he was so friendly, like so supportive, so cool. And growing up outside of DC, it turns out he was Doug Mills, who's a New York Times Pulitzer Prize winning photographer. And he would always tell me about covering politics and covering sports sports and he's covered every event in the world the masters several times super bowls and i was just you know 8 years old thinking like whoa could i do that too and i feel so lucky he's still to this day was such a supportive mentor and always told me like absolutely you can do this the only thing getting in your way is you know putting in that hard work and if you do that you can do anything wow. and as as any good millennial would i took that to heart <laughs> and ran with it and so um you know, went to Ohio University to study photojournalism, did a handful of internships and uh, landed an internship at Getty Sport in New York City and loved it. And just really, you know, maybe a little more dignified than begging, but was on my boss's case for a job as much as I possibly could. Sure. And got hired out of school and here I am. So yeah, always loved it. Long answer. Sorry, but uh, yeah, that's how I ended up here. 
That's amazing. So yeah, I was going to ask like, what did your path look like before you got yeah. to any images? So you can elaborate on it or sure. like, if you want to talk about, you know, just what does it look like to be a staff photographer for Getty? Yeah, I, I can do both. I mean, it's, that's definitely a question I get a lot. And I think it's important to answer too, to just kind of show, I think there's a lot of paths to get there. I have friends who work in the industry who didn't study photography at all. I have friends who picked it up later in life. Um, I was lucky that I knew what I wanted to do pretty young. And so when I was in high school, I started interning for, you know, the local weekly paper, that type of thing. Mm. Um, and then when I was in college, I had five internships, like everything I could possibly, that's all I wanted to do. That was all that was on my mind. And I say that just to kind of emphasize, like, it's really competitive, um, which isn't to discourage anybody. They can absolutely do it, but you really have to kind of spend a lot of your time doing it yeah so I my favorite internships were at the Washington Post uh at the Seattle Times which I loved and then as I mentioned at Getty and that's the one that really I loved my experiences at the other places but it really kind of clicked for me um working at a wire is very fast-paced very deadline driven um but also there's a lot of big opportunities for travel and working in team environments which is what um got me hooked so in what my life looks like now, I'm based in Boston. Uh, I'm going to talk maybe about when it's not a pandemic. <laughs> you know, it's, it looks a little different right now, but usually um, I'm on the road about four months out of the year, traveling internationally and domestically. Um, so usually I'm in for a few rounds of March Madness. I do work for FIFA, who's one of our main clients covering mm -hmm. Uh, the Women's World Cup, the World Cup, I also cover their under 17 and under 20 events, which are some of my favorite to see some of those up and coming players, That's men awesome. and women. Um, my favorite events are the women's events. They're, it just makes me so happy. Um, and I also love getting the chance to photograph these athletes and give them um, some publicity, honestly. Uh, but then I, I mostly cover the Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, and the Red Sox here in Boston. So how did you, did you always know that you wanted to be a sports photographer specifically? And were all of your internships sports-based or were they more, you know, general? I thought that I wanted to do politics when I was growing up because that was what my mentor, Doug Mills, mostly covers. Sure. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just want to be just like you. That's what I want to do. And I had an internship on Capitol Hill and I really liked that too. You know, I, I love politics still, but just kind of, um, I had these two loves and what kind it kind of just took me in the sport direction and never looked back. Um, but I really appreciate the hard work of the documentary photographers, the news photographers. And I always try my best to stick my hand up and say, I'll help news or entertainment, whatever you all need. Um, but I've certainly at Getty, we're pretty divided into news, sport and entertainment into okay. kind of categories. So it's very little overlap and I've spent 98% of my time doing sport work. Okay. Yeah. I mean, looking through your portfolio, you do cover a wide variety of sports. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you manage the sports that you aren't as familiar with at first? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's something that actually comes up with, for us a fair bit, no matter yeah. how experienced you are, because if you think about it, you know, the Olympics are a great example. So mm -hmm. in Pyeongchang, I, I stayed there for two months and I covered the Olympics and the Paralympic games. And I'm sure I'll forget some, but I did short track and long track speed skating. I did curling. I did figure skating, alpine skiing, um, biathlon, all these things that you don't, in the U.S. at least, you don't you, you were all of those short athletes. track <laughs> speed, speed skating. 
So um, what I think is the best resource, first of all, is my coworkers and having the humility, no matter what age or what experience you have to say, hey, uh, explain to me your mindset and how you go about covering this event. Um, I usually try and ask a few different people to get a few perspectives. Um, and then just doing some good old fashioned research online, uh, yeah. you know, start at the Wikipedia page, click through. And then I also will show up super, super, super early and try and watch as much as I can and kind of watch practices. And I think just picking up on, um, people's personalities are important too, and kind of trying to get in those head spaces a little bit. Like I think for, events that are um, indoors and without a helmet. I'm thinking of curling. You know, there's some characters in curling. I don't know if you remember the U.S. men's team got some yes. some publicity. And I, I always think as well of um, those really high pressure sports like figure skating that I wasn't as familiar with. But by the end of the Olympics, I was like deep down the rabbit hole of the, you know, getting certain points at the beginning of your routine versus the end. Um, so yeah, research, getting there early, asking my coworkers is kind of my key to getting my footing there. And what do you look for when you're on assignment? Like, what's your goal? How do you position yourself? Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a few universal truths in my mind. Um, my personal style or what I look for is something that's really impactful and clean and readable. Mm. So that's, first of all, when I walk into any event, I think, where are the ads? Where are the stands? Are they empty? Are they full? Is there a big neon sign in that corner? And that's kind of a boring thing to do, but we all do that sweep initially. And it's it's true for golf, absolutely, more than many things too. You know, I'm sure, you know, you go on some courses and it's just green as far as the eye can see. And some you go and you're like, okay, there's a housing development. All right. So 9T is not going to work. <laughs> there's nothing we can do to clean up 9T take it in, move on. We're going to go to 10, you know, and um, I can actually, golf is such a great example for this where um, what we look for as photographers is completely different. I think than what the athletes might be absorbing too, you know, and there's some where it's like, okay, this is an important, you know, this athlete's made the turn. This is an important hole for them. Mm. You know, they really need to make this happen here. But for us at the end of the day, we need it to be clean, no ads in the background, no houses, no volunteer with neon signs, you know? And so I encourage people when they're looking at golf photos, that was my biggest surprise when I started photographing golf. I just had this very stupid assumption. I was like, oh, it must be so easy. Right. And then I went out there and I thought, no, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's like the sport itself. Like it doesn't look that hard, but really there's so much that goes into it. Sure. Sure. And since we are a podcast about golf, I would love to hear yeah. about your experience with the sport. Do you remember your first golf tournament? Yes. Oh my gosh. So um, I was an intern and I was editing and I was out in, oh my gosh, I should have looked up the name. Uh, there's one in Palm Springs. I was in California. Yeah. Um, I've done a few big ones on, on the West Coast. I did waste management, of course, in Arizona, which is amazing. Um I believe it. I can't remember the name of the one in Palm Springs. I know it used to be like the Bob Hope, but. Yeah, this was, sorry. This was like seven years ago, probably. Yeah. But I remember it was interesting because I was editing and my coworkers encouraged me. They said, hey, why don't you go out and make some pictures when you've got some time in the afternoon? And it was just like I was speaking to, I went out and I thought, how hard could this be? And realized there's a lot I don't understand here. There's a lot of rules. There's um, a lot more to the composition than I expected. 
And I filed like one photo because I was feeling <laughs> so overwhelmed by it. But then it was great because the next tournament, I, you know, having that time working through it um, in the past seven years, now I'm feeling so much more confident and just knowing, um, knowing what we're looking for, you know, and also understanding what the golfers need and how much space they need from us when they need things really quiet, when you can be a little louder, it's definitely a little bit of a dance and, um, you build, uh, I'm using this relationship very loosely. You build a relationship. I think if you're following these athletes for nine holes plus, right. you get a sense of what, what mood they're in, what their comfort level is with how close media can get to them. And a lot of it is just completely nonverbal of looks, you know, a sign from their caddy, sometimes a golfer snapping at you. I, I'm lucky that that hasn't happened to me yet. I'm pretty conservative. <laughs> I'm more somebody who backs up a little bit, but certainly some of our photographers who follow the tour pretty exclusively know these golfers and know, okay, sure. You know, this is somebody who I can get pretty close, like pretty far off the ropes and they're going to be okay with it. Um, so there's definitely was a learning curve, but I've, I've grown to really enjoy it because it's, it's a good challenge. And does does it change from round one to the final round? And I would say a little bit. I mean, I think that something that's inevitable, certainly in normal times when there are more crowds at these events, I've been at some events this year where there were crowds um, granted smaller. By the end, no matter what the golfer wants, as they're coming through 16, 17, 18 in the final round, yeah. you know, certainly the leader groups, it's going to be loud no matter what there's going to be a lot of people no matter what. So as a photographer, you can kind of get away with doing a little more movement at the last minute, okay. certainly around the green on 18, you know, there's TV, there's fans, there's, you know, guys drinking too many Bud Lights, you know, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of things at play versus maybe in round one, there's less intensity because it's still early, but it is more challenging to move if, you know, it's the first group off one tee on round two and there's nobody there. So if you step on a little twig, it sounds like a cannon just went off. You know? <laughs> and so that's the thing that's been funny without fans is, again, challenging those assumptions. I thought this is going to be so much easier if right. I don't have to work around these groups when really, as you know, with the, with courses, if I'm looking at one fairway, mm -hmm. I might need to also pay attention to two fairway and three tee right behind me. And you kind of need to um, be really more aware than I had been in the past. So again, another challenge <laughs> that yeah. we're working through. Amazing. So I have to ask you about your photo of Jordan. Um, mm -hmm. Just to like tee it up. It was yes. with Jordan and Michael mm -hmm. Preller at the 2017 mm -hmm. Travelers. And yes. they are celebrating after he holed out from the bunker during the playoff. Yes. So we in golf, at least working in golf, you see this photo all the time or at least yes. the video um mm -hmm. do you remember the moment and can you just like walk us through it because yes. the photos are amazing <laughs> thank you oh my gosh so maybe this is just me I'm sure there's other photographers who this never crosses their mind the thing that people might not realize if you're not a photographer is when you're shooting um if you're not using a mirrorless camera which is some new technology as you're making a photo the shutter's coming up so your eye can't see what you're making what's in front of you. So if you're really hammering down on the shutter, as we do with some sports moments, like a touchdown or a big celebration, you don't know in that second that you have it. So while he was in the playoff, I'm, I'm thinking all these scenarios. Cause in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, that might be short. I'm like, we were just talking about, I'm going to have to move. Where's the crowd? Where are these other people with golf? You're always trying to think a few steps ahead. 
So I'm kind of on one part of my brain thinking, where am I going to move? And part of me is like, okay, but I've got to be really dialed in here. And the second I, I hear the crowd as it's getting close, because you also can't lose your eye on the athlete. And the second I saw movement, I just hammered on the shutter and I was like, oh man, I hope I have that. <laughs> oh man. And luckily I did. And I was so happy because what a moment um, as somebody who I cover a fair amount of golf, but I would say, like you mentioned, I do a variety of things. I'm not on the tour every event. Sure. I was like, oh, that was really special. I feel really lucky I was here. That's not something that we see every day. So that was, was the moment. It's the photos are amazing because you got like yeah. the whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. the moment he realizes him and Michael him with the fist pump and celebrate I mean the whole thing is awesome Mm -hmm. well and I think it's so cool too that you know with golf and uh, there are certain you know the major like there are tournaments that you know there's going to be a lot of attention and a lot of weight on Mm -hmm. but I also love that you never know that's that's not the biggest event in Connecticut and Cromwell and I go with the same intensity as if I'm covering the Olympics, right? I want to do a great job no matter what, but fun that such a moment that people still talk about could happen anywhere, right? And, and mm-hmm. that's what's cool about golf. Well, I did see that you've shot some LPGA tournaments as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear just, do you see a difference in the athletes when you're shooting them or, or what, you know, just what's the difference or, or how has that been? Yeah, I've done a few. I would love to do more. I, um, in general, I find that women's events with golf, with soccer, with tennis, with a lot of the events, um, I find they're really excited to have media, you know? And so mm. I, yeah, I think it's a really fun experience across the board and I really enjoy it. Um, but I don't know. I, I honestly haven't done enough L, LG, well, LPGA, sorry, um, You're good. To, to notice a ton of difference with the athletes. Um, but, but similar a- across the board of, you know, trying to read what they're, they're comfortable with, because that's always my first priority is making sure I'm not interfering with, with their game. Yeah. I think the one thing I noticed, you know, just doing like a scroll spaghetti yeah. was they, they tend to give off more emotion, um, mm-hmm. it, positive emotion, yeah. and a lot yes. of smiling, a lot yes. of you know interaction with people so it was it was just interesting to look at look at those photos and look at some that you did with pga tour and yeah it was a little brighter definitely and that's that's the thing too and again i can't speak too much to women's golf just having only done a few events but yeah. but i find that there's more kind of interaction with other people too you know of a smiling or hey good job to you you know smile wave to the crowd um and it, it, it's, they're generally really positive events. I love them. Yeah. Um, so how have you seen your profession evolve just from oh, out of college to now? Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because I think when I think of um, photojournalism evolving, I think, oh man, I, I came in just five seconds ago and it, it's come a long way since film and newspapers and I missed a big change, but really when I stop and think about it, um, I started my job six years ago and there have been a lot of changes since then. Um, certainly a big thing that we are competing with is how, um, how much agency all the athletes have and the teams have with controlling their own image through social media. So um, for example, Cam Newton, you know, who uh, was the New England Patriots quarterback last season, had his own photographer and own media team. Of course, wow. the Patriots have their own photographers. The PGA has their own photographer. So um, 
the special access that newspapers and wires used to kind of be able to leverage to say, hey, we'll do this special story on you. We have this great reach. That's why you should work with us. Now, some of the athletes are saying, well, I don't really need you because I have my 50 million Instagram followers and I have my own photographer and I have my own team here. So that's been a big change. And also um, with newer people who are, who are coming out of school now, a lot of them look at the landscape and say, why would I want to work at a newspaper or a wire when I can go work for, you know, the Texans or, okay. you know, the, the Miami Marlins when I can go in their clubhouse, you know? And so that's been an interesting kind of change and shift to see is kind of in sport, at least moving away from journalism and people going right into frankly, it's PR work, you know, which is great. Um, but that's a big shift that, I'm happy I, I uh, beat the curve on that just slightly, I think. Um, but also in a really cool development that applies to golf is the advancement of mirrorless cameras. So next time anybody's at an event and you look at the photographers, you might notice you don't hear anything coming from them because they have these silent cameras now. And it's great because we can now photograph in their backswing completely silently behind them, which is amazing. Um, I had an assignment from Golf Magazine at the last event I was at where they said, hey, these are three players and we want, you know, from behind and from the side views of their fairway and tee shots. And that's something that I never could have done sure. with a camera two years ago even because I was able to, and even give them a few different versions of the full swing for their, um, it was gonna be used for like a tutorial of this is how, you know, uh, um, Brandon Hoffman's, you know, tee shot looks, you know, like a kind of cartoon strip. Yep. So that's a really cool development. I'm, I'm happy to be able to kind of push the limits a little bit there. It, it makes, it takes the pressure off a little bit of timing everything so perfectly and trying to be so quiet. Got it. Nice. Well, I typically end the episode asking what advice you have for women who want to pick up golf. <laughs> So it, I would love advice for me. Yes. It would be to probably like, just do it. Like at least give it a shot and kind of nervous, but you're pushing me over the edge. You're giving yeah. me the encouragement. I well, need. and then when we come to Boston, like you have no option. So I will be there. No <laughs> question. But I mean, I, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but what mm -hmm. advice would you have for somebody who wants to get into sports photography? Yeah, I would say practice, practice, practice. It's, you know, advice as old as time, but what really hooked me was photographing, my friends were on the swim team um, all through high school and I was never on the, the swim team, but I would just go in the summer and, you know, try and take pictures of them. And I, and I thought it was really cool. And so the biggest thing that I think is pretty common to hear is you don't need to be at the Super Bowl to make a great football photo. You don't need to be at the masters to make a great golf photo. And often at smaller events and certainly with people you're comfortable with, you can make amazing work. So um, that would be my advice to people is go out, make pictures in your own backyard, in your own neighborhood and get it out there. And you can always reach out to me. I love looking at photos. If anybody wants feedback, you can absolutely reach out and uh, I'm happy to do what I can. Amazing. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Of course. And, um, I hope, I hope to see you at an event. I'll keep my eye out. Yes. I would love to meet you in person as well. Yeah. Been great we, to need talk to, to you. we need to get you out to, um, the U S open and the U S women's open. I would love, I will plant a seed in my manager's ear today. I'm supposed to have a call with them later. So I'll mention it. Perfect. Okay. Talk to you soon, Maddie. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. Our original music is composed and performed by my talented and wonderful friend, Ryan Young. If you're looking for more from For the Ladies, visit us at fortheladies.net and on Instagram at fortheladies. That's F-O-R-E. Thank you.